Back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Welcome back to another episode of The Rant. Today is Thursday, March 25th, the eve of the Sweet 16. Now we're a couple days late, but we did this on purpose. Yeah. Because tomorrow begins the Sweet 16. Uh, let's. We're going to go through and, and recap some of the round of 32 games, give our steaming hot takes, and our... Not yeah, we wanted, our, we our wanted delayed this to be... Reaction. Yeah, we wanted this to be this. to be more of a preview for the Sweet 16 because now the the wheat has separated itself from the chaff, and uh, we kind of wanted to take a few days. So instead of just providing a recap, we could also really use those games as kind of a preview for some of the Sweet 16 matchups. Because now is when these games are going to start being closer. All these teams are kind of I've I've also you know given pretty solid. Time so to accept the fact that I was just utterly and completely wrong uh, about the first two rounds i've had some time to reevaluate myself and the teams in the tournament still and i i think i'm ready to provide a neutral commentary on yeah on who who's going forward i think also this is going to show i mean obviously with covid teams in the regular season played a lot less games specifically a lot less out of conference games it's going to show a lot of the the weaknesses in some of the the computer ranking systems uh, as the tournament has kind of just proven to everybody that, yeah, well, maybe the computers don't really know who the good teams are and who aren't, right? I mean, especially just when a, given in, limited in data. Year, there's always just teams yeah. that defy the computer rankings and just play their brains out. I mean, that's yeah. just the way it is. Uh, jumping right in, first game of the round of 32, Loyola, Illinois. I told my listen. I I told numerous people for this game. Quote. Yeah, I'm not really worried about Loyola Chicago. I know they're good, but Illinois is just on a different level right now. Yeah, and then they proceeded to get. I see. I see no way Illinois loses this game, despite all the upsets in the first round. And sure enough, I was wrong. Loyola Chicago absolutely. I mean, it, he just it, hammered it, him, dude. The thing is, it looked the score makes it look closer than it was, right? The final score seventy one fifty eight, but it was. Oh a, no, this game wasn't was competitive. Beat down. Yeah, Cameron. Krutwig, First of all, Cameron Crutwig is an animal. Doing his best Nikola Jokic impression, which I, I mean, everything about that guy. I'm sure, everyone's seen it already. Everything. About People him joke, but that dude in the league, league is going to be nice. Listen, everyone's been having. He's their, good. Their, their their NFL pro days. He might want to think about it too. I mean, he looks like a lineman. Yeah, but he's really skilled. I mean, he had 19, 12, and 5 in four steals. Yeah. Against arguably the best team in the Big Ten. Well, and the most physically dominating big man maybe in the and country Kofi in, in Kofi Coburn. Coburn. And he just had, made him look Coburn, like a fool. Coburn actually was the one like Illinois player besides Corbello that actually played well that game. Uh, yeah. But he still... I mean, he still looked like the second best big man out there behind Crutwig. He was. And the thing is, Loyola Chicago as a team, they shot 51% from the field, 40% from three. They out-rebounded Illinois. No, excuse me. They got out-rebounded by Illinois, and they still won. 
and uh, they they forced twelve steals. Twelve. I gotta say, their their perimeter defense is legit. Yeah, because they they're to the. I mean, they they got Illinois' two best guards and had they had their their two their their worst performances of the year, arguably. Dasunmu yeah. and Trent Frazier were like one for thirty seven from the field. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but like they were just in a torture chamber. We gotta stop treating Loyola Chicago. Well, it's like. They have you proven know, that they have graduated from Cinderella tier to like they're respectable. Yes, because they're really good. Because obviously they had the, the other March Madness run where they went to the Final Four, and then now they they've made it to the Sweet Sixteen this year with yeah. a different team, and they're beating really really good teams. And, that, and that's what I'm saying easily. about like it doesn't about, look like it's it, yeah. And when when we talk about seeding, I mean yes, they come from like a nonsense conference, but do they look like an eight seed to you? No. Like just in terms of the quality of basketball that they play? Mm. No, they, they look like a, a really good team. Yeah. And, and and they just proved it. I mean, and their matchup, I mean, they're playing, they're playing Oregon State. They have a chance to win that. Yeah. Right? And I, I will, we'll, We'll do our we'll get into that later, but a little later. But I have a couple reasons why I think that that's, I mean, favorable that's, for for Loyal yeah. Chicago. But yeah, they, I mean, they just looked they looked better, right? They played the good seed. quality basketball. Uh, next game after that, Wisconsin, the nine seed against Baylor. Wisconsin at the game. gates looked like they actually were going to challenge Baylor, but then they kind of cooled uh, off. Yeah. And Baylor, I mean, Baylor looked the way they did before they took that COVID pause. I mean, they they. They shot almost 50% from the field and from every three. range. Yeah, 80% from the free throw line. They only had four turnovers as a team. They actually got out rebounded by Wisconsin, which is a little shocking. I guess. And eh, well, no, I take that back. It's not shocking because we always talk about. The, I think we. I think Baylor's weakness is their big men, and that is something yeah. that you know in the next round maybe. Some well, I just think this is a. I just, just think this is a bad matchup for Wisconsin. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like Wisconsin, you're a guard-heavy team, and Baylor has better guards than you. Defensively, that's just the way it is. Yeah, in every way. <laughs> like, and the thing is, I think also the X factor for Baylor is Matt Matt Meyer because he comes off the bench and he's like he's like a forward, right? But he but he's a heater. He got strapped. Light, yeah, lights out of the gym. He shoots almost like fifty percent in the season. And the thing is, Baylor's guards for how good they are offensively, like they can still put the clamps on people oh, in college. Absolutely, like they can absolutely I, put the clamps on people. I mean, you talk about the two leading scorers for Wisconsin in the first game, right? Davis. Yeah, Davis and Demetri Trice. Like combined. Right. Yeah. In in the game against Baylor, they combined for like eight of twenty eight from from the floor. So I mean, they, yeah. They, I mean, they got Baylor's, just pushed Baylor's around. Guards in in a guard heavy tournament, right? Where the, where the guards rise to the top. Baylor's guards yeah. can lock, you know, the opponent's guards down and also proceed to shoot them out of the gym. So, uh, speaking of shooting out of the gym, Syracuse eleven seed upset West Virginia. Dude, Buddy Bayheim has the greenest and, light. In yeah, the tournament. <laughs> so it was funny because, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, that his first round game was a one hit wonder because the first half of the game against West Virginia, he he only hit like one shot. He had like three points at halftime. Mm-hmm. And and Syracuse as a team was was playing well. So they were still off to a fast start and West Virginia couldn't do anything early on. In the second half, West Virginia turned it way up. And and it was a close game. It was like back and forth for a while. Scott McNeil was hit, started to heat up. He was hitting everything. And then Buddy Beheim got going. And it- well, they were doubling Beheim at the beginning, and then like Neil went off, and then all of a sudden they had to go back to doubling him. And then Beheim was free again. And again, second half, 
My man it, was, it was crossing the half court line and was like, yeah, this is shooting I, no, territory for point, me McNeil now. McNeil made like three straight deep three-pointers for yeah. West Virginia and they started to catch back up. And then Buddy Baham got got going in. So he, again, he finished with three points at ha- half, finished the game with 25, six of 13 for three-point range. I mean, Syracuse had four offensive boards to West Virginia's 17 and West Virginia still lost. Yeah, when you can shoot that well from deep, nothing else really matters. Now, right? the problem is Syracuse... <laughs> If they go against a team that can play even just a lick of defense on the perimeter, better yeah. than than West Virginia, in that which game, which is crazy to say, right? Because West Virginia, I mean, we, think of West, we think of West Virginia, especially like their front men programs. Well, and we think of them as being really on the perimeter, like they're they're nutty perimeter defensively, right? And they got glass cleaners. It's like, yeah, the glass cleaners came to play, but the perimeter defense. I mean, Buddy Bayheim just toyed with them. Well, and they in the also second just, half they struggled to hit shots down the stretch. Yeah. And, and at the beginning of the game. So they, they were getting a lot of their own misses, but they just kept missing is the problem. Uh, and, and Syracuse, I criticized them because they did seem like a one-man you know, one show. But four of the five starters were in double figures this game because of the way that they run their offensive their offensive game plan. Yeah, their ball movement is pretty. Yeah, again, they move the ball so well that there's always just like seems to be a man open. Um, that was a great game, uh, if you want to talk about shooting. Moving to the next game. To a terrible game. Uh, I mean, it was it was a good game because it was a close one, but Arkansas shot basketball. 26% from three. 26. Yeah. And, uh, and they, I don't know how Tech didn't win this game, dude. I, I, really I don't, don't know. Because if you, look at, the, if you look at the stats, I mean, Texas Tech, they didn't shoot amazing from the field, but they shot 50% from three. The they couldn't hit layups, though. <laughs> yeah, the difference is, I guess, I mean, Arkansas just, just slightly edged them in the rebounding. But if you look at the if you look at the stat sheet, right? They both had three steals. They both had low number of blocks. They both had the same number of turnovers, roughly the same number of fouls. It literally was just tech. I mean, yeah, they just they just did not look did not look great. They shot thirty six percent from the field while shooting fifty percent. The thing is, it wasn't that's, even that's like a complete turnover fest. Like they both had Nine under ten turnovers. turnovers. Yeah, it, it literally it was, was just. just Tech could not hit a two, <laughs> yeah, which is tech hit a amazing to me. Yeah. Justin Smith's been really good this tournament. Really good. Yeah. I I still have no clue. I, all of this analysis, and I still have no idea how Arkansas won this game. Listen, I, we, I, I've learned my lessons. They're extremely vulnerable in the next round just because they have, they have had... They ha- they played sloppy in the first half against Colgate in the first round, and they played sloppy against a much better Texas Tech team. And now they have to go against what, Oral Roberts, who's extremely ex- oozing with confidence now after they just beat. And again, teams. another team that just even pulls from deep, yeah, yeah. up shots. But that'll be that'll be an interesting matchup, just because Arkansas still looks so so shaky. Yeah, especially from shooting, which they're going to need to keep up with uh, with Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts. Uh, I had this upset predicted. I thought Rutgers was going to pull it out against Houston, and they I should have. They should have. But Rutgers, yeah. I mean, talk about botching and mismanaging the final, like, two, two and a half minutes of the game. I mean, they, they couldn't keep the ball. The Geo Baker had that crucial turnover. They had a chance to yeah. take the lead. Houston the, just outcoached him. The coaching, stretch. I mean, Steve Peichel, who's normally a very good coach, right? Very good coach. Yeah. Just, I don't really know what happened, but there was just some, some bad decision-making. And they had the lead, and then they just let, you know... It slipped slowly but surely, and then of course Houston got 
more confident and and pulled it out. The thing is, Houston in this game, despite winning, right? I know they're the two seed and they they should have won this game. They they really don't look that impressive. I mean, because you look at Rutgers, right? Like Rutgers, we've talked about it, is a good team. They're not great. They're good. And and Rutgers deserve to win. They they should have won. They they Houston is lucky, right, to have come away with that win. They well, Houston's sh- free throw shooting also also like shot in them general. in the back, They're right? In yeah. They shot under forty percent from. I mean, they shot thirty six percent from three. But when Which you shoot thirty, when you shoot thirty seven percent from the field overall, that's not as impressive. And yeah. and Sasser didn't have a good game and, for them and, at all. And sixty one percent from the free throw line when you have like solid guards. Not yeah, I, mean, I think it was also this was an uncharacteristically bad game for Sasser and for Mark off the bench. Like mm-hmm. that's, I mean, Quentin Grimes is their best player. He had twenty two and nine. Yeah, and he actually had and, four offensive boards, which is amazing because he's like a guard. But well, he played great, and yeah. and Giroux, even though he got uh, injured in the in the second half and had to come off, he then like he gritted through it, came back end of the game and hit some really clutch. Uh, they were actually the, doing the, the thing the where they were subbing game. him off on defense and keeping him in an offense. Yeah. Uh, just to prevent his leg from getting exposed uh, the defense, in the end of the game there. The, the, the difference maker for this in this game for Houston is the offensive boards. Because they get a lot late in that game. Yeah. And they're they, they're mean, a better rebounding team than people give them credit for. Well, because they, they're, not like a, they're not a big team, right? Like you don't, especially against Rutgers, but, who has yeah. some, some solid bigs. Yeah. But they're athletic uh, and they really crash the glass. Like they really, everybody yeah. goes in for it. But I will say, after that game, I have I do not have confidence in Houston. They look they look shaky. They do, and they didn't yeah. play. I mean, they played a sixteen seed, fifteen seed, excuse me, the first round, and, and I know they won by thirty, but they didn't they didn't. We don't count matches when you win well, by that it's much. It's also like, hard cares? to it's hard to take a lot away from that. But it's also just like I don't know. I just don't feel super confident, especially now that they have to play Syracuse, who we just talked about is. It's, it's going to be such contrasting hot. styles, red right? Hot. Such contrasting styles. We'll get into that later, but it's it's complete contrasting styles. Uh, Oral Roberts against Florida. Now, this was a matchup Oral that I don't Bob. think anyone saw coming because two teams, I mean, at least I didn't see coming Florida. I had Well, I had team. neither of these teams winning. So Oral Roberts. <laughs> first a lot like the first game, Oral Roberts, right? They're a really high-volume shooting team. They didn't shoot their average in this game. I mean, they shot 33%, 33%. from three, which is okay. 10 of 30 from the three-point range. They shot 46% overall, 83% from the free throw line. I mean, those are stats you'll take. Obviously, when you win, you'll take those. But I'm just saying, they haven't even shot their average yet. And they still oh, no. scored. They still They're scored. Ter- this team is terrifying offensively. They still scored 81 points with, yeah. those, with those stats. I mean, they don't play defense. They don't. No. But when you can put up those well, numbers... I don't know if they don't play defense. Well, I mean, they let up 78 that. points. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, That's I what know. I mean when I say they don't yeah. play defense. They forced 20 turnovers, though. They had 12 steals. They play like... They I just, just think play they play so at a fast, fast. pace. Yeah, I yeah think they it's just more play fast so fast. Thing. Which is... It's it's kind of funny. We talk about, like, the, the recipe for... I mean, no disrespect to Oral Roberts, but, like, the weaker teams that try to pull off upsets is play slow, you know limited amount of shots and hit your threes and we've seen it now twice in recent history once with the the dunk city team and now with oral roberts again they just throw that playbook right out of the window they're like no we're gonna play at an insanely high pace we're gonna shoot high volume not even a great percentage from three we're just gonna force 20 turnovers and hit our free throws and slash 
right? And Obenor and, and Amos, they get to the line, they hit from the line. And they just play so unlike the the traditional well, weak seeds. Like, that... They are just they're they're aggressive. Like they just take it to you. Like they they clearly are not phased by going in, up against higher opponents, and that's not going to change them from their game plan, which is shoot yeah. a ton. And A Smith, yeah. twenty six, two and seven, six of fourteen field goal. He didn't even shoot that well, right? Like for a guard, that's just okay. And then O'Banner, twenty eight and eleven. He had thirty points in the first round. He's a beast, right? He's, yeah, he's he like shot really well. So they are. They're terrifying. I would not want to play them in the next round. I would not. Oh, no. Oh, uh, no. And 20 turnovers. They, they, they first force turnovers. They run in transition, and they are just not afraid to just lay wood on you. Like, they do <laughs> not care. Uh, speaking of a team that was red hot in the first round, North Texas faces Nova. And I'm guilty of saying Nova didn't really blow me away in the first round, but they North Texas blew couldn't hit North Texas. I know. And, it's of course, you know, figures they have an absolutely – lights out shooting performance just lay in the first an round the next one. and then lay an egg in the second round i mean that that that's kind of the norm for a lot of those yeah. like i mean hamlet's still at 25 but but no i mean nova nobody else, took yeah. took the opportunity to shoot lights out i mean they shot 55 50 78 from from yeah. all three uh points on the on on the court um thing the thing about nova is we talked about this in the purdue game despite the fact that purdue allowed north texas to stay in the game because of they got rebounds. Purdue still had the advantage on the boards, right? Thing is, Nova, they both had 26 boards apiece. So Nova's bigs definitely is an area that they could be exploited in the, in, in mm-hmm. the future. Now Why they are they missing to, Gillespie, even though he's not a Well, big, yeah, but. he's a guard. He just helps them orchestrate their offense and stuff like that because yeah. he's the ball handler. But the thing is, Nova, I mean, they're just efficient and, and they... They just know how to deal with these situations. Four or five starters, double figures. Leading score was was um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He had 18, 6, and 6. They're just like, I don't know, They're despite the fact that they're missing players and, and this may be not the best team they've had in their recent successful well, years, they, do go nine, they still just like, they handle, they handle the business when they need to. And, well, I mean, we'll see. They had to play Baylor. I don't, I don't see them winning that game, but... They're going to need, like, some big performances if they, if they want to win that game. Yeah. I do not see them beating Baylor. <laughs> uh, Oregon State, OK State. This one was surprising. This was, like, a super – this was a super late yeah. finish. Ugly, ugly game. And Oregon State – I argue this listen, was the biggest upset of the round. Even I, though I once he I got knocked off, I, I had agree. Oklahoma State winning this. Yeah, because I thought Oklahoma State was a four seed that's playing, like, a two seed, right? Yeah. Leading up to this tournament, but they have looked terrible in this tournament so far. Like, they, they won their first matchup. That was not a pretty game. This was not a pretty game. Oregon State shot average, forty-one percent from the field, thirty percent from three. They hit their. Oklahoma State couldn't hit anything. But Oklahoma, yeah, Oklahoma State shot under thirty percent from from two and three combined. You know, and and, and under seventy percent from the free throw line. And they, I mean, they really sealed, you know, sealed their fate in this game because they also got a plus twenty-one rebounding differential in favor of Oregon State. You know, how, that's a, <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and and the thing Oregon is, Oregon State also Oregon State gave up thirty eight free throws, and they and, still won. The and game. the crazy thing is that Oklahoma State gave up thirty five, so they were just playing yeah, this, street again, fighter out here on the court. Oregon State <laughs> committed twenty four fouls, right? But they did force seventeen turnovers, or sorry, they had seventeen turnovers, right? Like, how do you win a game? With 17 turnovers, when the other Again, game only had eight. That's, that's Oklahoma insane. State literally just could not hit water if, it, if they fell off a boat Kate, in this Kate game. Kate Cunningham, who we are both in agreement is the best player, the in, the best player in the country, right? 
He had he got six of twenty. Six of twenty shooting. And yeah, he was forcing things late because he you know, he's trying to take over for his team and carry them, but it's just, that's bad. Oregon State, listen, I will say they, they they are able to get to the line and they're a really good free throw shooting team and they clearly rebound really well. So you know, those are things that can help you in a tournament setting. I just you know, if they shoot like that, most teams are probably gonna shoot a little bit better. Yeah. That, I mean, but they have been scorching this tournament, like yeah. listen, I mean they they came in red hot in the Pac twelve tournament and they are staying red hot, so Another one of these reckless abandoned teams, well, it's also right? Like they, you're playing with house money, right? They have nothing to lose. So yeah. just right? I mean they're just way farther than anybody predicted them. Oh yeah. Uh another Pac twelve team that completely came firing out of the gates and and it's funny we didn't even see them in the first round. Oregon seven seed facing Iowa. Iowa's game plan is all right, try and keep pace with us and Oregon said, All right, bet and shot <laughs> Iowa played zero defense in this game. I mean, they never play defense, but the thing is, yeah. usually it works because nobody can shoot as as well as Iowa. But Oregon just said, okay. I uh, bet. <laughs> they, shot, they shot 44% from three, 56% from the field, and 73% from the line. And the thing is, Iowa, if you look at the stat sheet, it was like dead even other than the shooting percentages. So Iowa just had like a slightly below standard shooting performance, and they lost this game by 10. Right, like that. Yeah. That's crazy. I feel bad for. And it's Iowa. funny because you not even Luca Garza. Say, everybody dude, else. Just... You don't ever hear me say I feel bad for Iowa, but they seriously just got boat raced. Right, like they yeah. literally didn't even play badly. They just were they like, "Oh, you didn't shoot as well as you could have, and you lost this game by 10. That's crazy. Fifteen. I, but honestly, credit to Oregon though, because there was a lot of like, "Oh, you know, they're they're gonna miss that first game." Nah, man, I believe. Slow. They're gonna come out slow, and and Iowa was just like, "No, no, no we're gonna be like." I believed Oregon, in my ducks. Oregon was gonna be like, we're gonna, we're gonna be ready, and and they just completely, you know. I believed in my ducks, man. What can I gym. say? And the thing is, like, they had good good production from a couple players. Chris Duarte, twenty one, yeah. three and seven, nine of twelve field goal percentage. The only thing that that's the thing that stood out to me that that worries me for them in the second round is they only had six points from their bench combined. Um, and I feel well, like and they're playing a completely not. different defensive that's, beast in the next round. <laughs> yeah, and they all well, but it's a it's a team that they have seen before. That yeah, that is the uh, the one thing I will give them, right? That, well, for that, both those teams, right? They see each other all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Gonzaga, Oklahoma, not a ton to touch on here. Gonzaga, Gonzaga looks were, like the, Gonzaga. The funny thing is the 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 play by play team in this game were, were giving tons of credit to Oklahoma for being so good defensively against Gonzaga and they still lost by 15 right and they and still gave up 90 yeah, that's what i'm saying like you can have a great quote unquote defensive performance against Gonzaga and that basically means like oh you only let them get to 90 but it took it took like like effort yeah it took them more <laughs> effort drew Timmy at 13 30 points 13 boards and four assists with, Dude, with what 14 on trips earth? to the free throw line he didn't even shoot a 3 and he got to 30 think about that they're just so well-rounded. They really are. Yeah. And they didn't even shoot that well from three that game. That's the thing. Like, they shot... they shot uh, 36, they, which is, I like, mean, average. I say that because I'm comparing it to their their averages, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, they can shoot better than that. <laughs> they can. And yeah. they got out-rebounded. That's why. And, again, four out of five starters and double figures. The only guy who wasn't had seven, right? And he still was very efficient. He just didn't take that many shots. Gonzaga, just, I mean, Gonzaga's winning that region. I'm sorry. I'm dude, calling. Gonzaga is on an entirely different level. I know this tournament's been wild for upsets and stuff like that. I just... I, it's, it's not nah, they, they out here... They out here 
just taking skulls, man. <laughs> UCLA, Abilene Christian. Not a ton to talk about this one, just because it was 67-47 final, so it was just kind of yeah. a slugfest. The law firm of Hakez and Juzang performing. Our favorite duo in the tournament. I'm going to say that right now. Oh, yeah. I think. Just just from a name standpoint, those are the yeah. two coolest names. The, the five J's, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, UCLA's defense is underrated, right? And if you look at the statistics, yeah. like, they didn't force a ton of turnovers, but they just made life. They, they, Abilene Christian couldn't get clean shots just at all, and it was like end of the yeah. shot clock or just like forced bad jumpers. UCLA's defense is super underrated, and we talked about this off off podcast. Like Mick Cronin was not what anyone thought of when UCLA wants. Oh coach. no, because yeah. Mick, Mick Cronin, the right, antithesis from, of a UCLA comes from, coach, comes from the Cincinnati program, which is like you know gritty defense. It's not like a flashy program, things like that. And like UCLA is obviously the the definition of like flash and and history and like a like a program that has a ton of success and a ton of ton of big names that come out of there, right? Mm-hmm. And like he's turned them into like a defensive power. Like they they play great team defense, and it's just like they they're relentless. They are they had forty one rebounds, right? And they don't really have like big men, quote unquote. And and. I mean, they shot almost fifty percent from the field and thirty-seven percent from three. Like those are very good numbers combined with great defense. You will win games. You yeah, win. they're never gonna blow. They're never gonna blow you away. But those say, two guys, I mean, Juzang and Hawkins are always gonna give you between twelve and sixteen each yeah. on average. The rest of the guys will chip in, and they're gonna hold you to sixty or less, yeah. right? And yeah. they're not gonna win games by you know forty every game. Mm. Again, Abilene shot exceptionally poorly, but. Still, I mean, they're, they're one of these teams that if you don't, like, yes, if you have a good shooting night, like, you will run UCLA out of the gym. Yes, you will do that. But if that, you don't... It's not going to be easy to do that. Yeah, if you don't, play defense. it's going to be a tough one for you. Uh, and then the next game, this one we watch very closely. I, 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 yeah. It's well documented that I, I was rooting for Ohio. Um, yeah, to go to go far, they lost, and unfortunately, it was they. They're a good three point shooting team, but they just had one of those nights where they weren't hitting early. They got into a deep hole, and they had to shoot to to try and make a comeback, and then they just still couldn't hit, and it really just tanked their numbers. Yeah. And Zagorowski really well. was just on I mean, one, and and as a team, Creighton shot really well from 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 the from the field and from three, forty three percent from yeah. three which is pretty much what did it for them. And the thing is, every time it seemed towards the end of the game that Ohio State would, like, cut it to 10, right? And you thought, like, oh, maybe they're going on this run. Creighton would, would get, like, a steal and, like, a fast-break dunk or something to just kind of halt their run. And, and, mm-hmm. and Ohio just could not complete a comeback. And in a large part of that was just they could not hit anything, right? They, yeah. And they were not deep, too. They looked gassed at the end of that no. game. No. And, and, and Preston had just a night to forget for him. I mean, dude couldn't mm-hmm. hit a shot. I mean, he was being doubled like the entire yeah. game so uh Zagorowski had 20 points we talked about you you just mentioned that yeah the thing is despite Creighton playing this well I still feel as though they are so the, like if they run into a team that has a little bit of depth or just uh, I don't know a little just, bit no offense a little bit better personnel than Ohio the thing is, if you look past Zagorowski right everybody else on that team played played well enough but I just feel like they if there's a team that has two or three guys in their starting five that are 
are good. They can create their own shot, yeah. I just feel like this Creighton team is vulnerable. And now they have to play Gonzaga, and I, you know. Oh, no, they're going to get steamrollered in that I game. I just think that could get ugly for, for Creighton. That's my most confident call, honestly. See, I, now that you say that, I'm expecting the worst. Yeah, watch. Creighton's going to win by 20, but, you know. Um, moving on, LSU-Michigan. This was one of the better games of the round of 32 just because it was a lot of great personnel in this game, honestly. a lot closer than I think I thought it would be. LSU, they, it's tough because they didn't necessarily play great defense, but they, they did make it tough for Michigan. And the funny thing is I say that. Michigan shot 54, 40, and 80, which is, like, astronomically good, right? Well, but they did make it very difficult for Michigan to, to pull away. And they they stayed with them, which I did see happening, just because LSU's de- LSU's offense is is good, right? It was their defense that concerned me. Um, and and the thing is, Michigan didn't pull away. I mean, it was like a one two point lead for either team until the last couple minutes, and a lot of that was because of Shondi Brown, who came off the bench like four fouls. He had a couple big threes late in the game. He had twenty one in the game. Eli Brooks had twenty one. Yeah, and I think also. I mean, you look at this LSU team. They took 69 field goals as a team, including 21 threes. 46 of those 69 field goals came from Thomas and Smart, and that that's it. And 15 of their 21 threes came from those two guys. I mean, those two guys were literally the definition of, like, we're just going to try and play hero ball and dig our way out of the situation, and they just kind of couldn't at the end. I mean, Michigan kind of just realized, like, hey, we're going to let these guys take shots, and they just aren't hitting them. I mean, Dickinson had a double-double. Uh, like you said, Shawnee Brown had 21. Mm-hmm. Brooks also had a 21 on a very efficient night for, for Brooks, actually. Um, actually, a really, really, really good game. Underratedly good game from him. 21 points. He had four rebounds, seven assists, and was over 50% from downtown mm-hmm. and well over 50% from the field. Hit all his free throws. Just like a classic, you know, Michigan, we obviously know that they're missing Isaiah Livers, but... We said that this was honestly the biggest trap game. We thought LSU was a lot better than eight seed. And also just the way that they play makes them a trap game in the tournament. But Michigan, I mean, that, that's a big hurdle for them to overcome. I mean, they have another big hurdle in the next round in a completely different way, a big hurdle. Mm. But, I mean, Michigan just has like a tough road in general in this region. But yeah, because it's the one they got over the first big hurdle. Those, like, I mean, the, the a lot two, of teams got underseeded. Well, but and also the two, you know, the two seeds, Alabama, they're still in. They look great. So, whereas the other, you know, the other seeds, look at the have had upsets like, here. It's and a there. one and yeah. a three. Arkansas's a three. They look, you know, shaky. Shaky. Houston's the two and one region. They look shaky. The one is out. Right. The three is out. So there's all these, and the four is out in that region too. So it, there's all these regions where there's all this turmoil happening, and in this region, this is like the you one got the region one, where the two, and the four the still alive, and the two are, and the four are still alive, and they all look like they could be a one or a two seed. So it, it's tough. Michigan's definitely got the toughest road going forward um for a one seed uh colorado fsu this game was in a word ugly they fsu was was just it was like 17 to 13 with like four minutes left in the first half it was i mean yeah on and fsu ended up winning by 20 (laughs) unbelievably slow pace unbelievable i mean fsu reminds me of usc i mean again and we said they're very similar programs they're just so long so athletic they're going to be great defensively they might not, you know, when they do hit their shots, they're unstoppable, but they're always going to be in games because they're defense against. They held, they held Colorado, a team that shot 65% from three in the first game, to 24% shooting from deep and 53 points in the game. 
Like, Colorado could not get anything against this defense. Yeah. Couldn't get anything. And it's just like... They had 19 when, turnovers. The thing, is, thing about Florida State is when they are not having their best offensive night... And the thing is, they still had a decent offensive shooting. Yeah. Like 52, 35, 81. That first I mean, in the paint, they get what they was want. Slow. But when they do have a slightly slow shooting performance, they can just wreck your game defensively. And again, they held... They held Colorado to 13 points. Right? You think, oh, if you're only scoring 17 points in the first half, you're going to be losing by 20. There's no way you can win a game. Florida State said, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll score 17 points in the first half, but you are going to score 13. Right? They just they just play great defense. 18. They caused 18 turnovers. They had 10 steals. So they have that to lean back on if they do have an off-shooting night, and that's why they like that's why they're dangerous. Well, the thing is, you look at Florida State, I'm going to exclude the guys who played like one minute at the end of the game when they were yeah. 20, but they had one, two, three, four, five, six guys off the bench play significant minutes, including the five starters, right? I mean, how many other teams in the tournament can say that, mm-hmm. right? How many other teams in the tournament can say that? They can, when one of their guys is having an off night, like for example, like like Evans or or Kaprivka didn't exactly have like the greatest night in the world. They had other guys just ready, like platoon style, almost like those old Kentucky teams just run them in, you know, and they might not be the most skilled guys in the world, but they're going to be long, going to be athletic, they're going to be aggressive, they're going to get what they want in the paint, and they're going to make your life miserable. Like, they're just going to make your life miserable. They like playing ugly basketball, and they're going to force you to play ugly basketball. And they mm-hmm. beat Colorado by 20, right? Yeah. And, and they were never challenged in this game. I mean, yeah, they're only up four at halftime, but, I mean, we all watched that game at halftime. We kind of looked at each other. We're like, FSU's going to win this game. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a matter of who was going to win the game because it's like you're not going to you're not going to start that badly against Florida State and just figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, um, Maryland Alabama. This game went exactly how we thought. Alabama shot the light out of the lights out of the gym. The thing is, like Maryland didn't even shoot that badly. They just they just got yeah, out. Alabama just put up a hundred. <laughs> I mean, listen, that is hard to do from both a defensive and offensive standpoint. Yeah. Uh, Alabama I mean, scorching shot 50% hot. from from the three point range, and they were perfect from the free throw line, which was one of our biggest yeah. criticisms of them in the first game. So yeah, yeah. maybe we have to take that back a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, they made their adjustments. And the thing is, also, the part that's scary about Alabama is their bigs, right? John John Petty, uh, he, he's four of nine from three point range. So if he's gonna hit those shots, I feel a lot different about Alabama. I feel a lot. Different. Yeah. I mean, well, and Shackleford, and Shackleford well, yeah. Shackleford's a guard, but I'm just saying, yeah. if they're big, start hitting threes too. Like Herb Jones is, you know, according to some, you know, their best player, right? But and he didn't look it in this game. He had six points. Like that's the thing. Like they, they're putting up a hundred points. And Quinterly came off the bench. Had like what seventeen, which is still good. I'm not gonna say that's you know a low production. Yeah. That's still good in college. But I'm he was, a, he was, yeah. They also he had 11 assists. He had 11 assists. I, they they killed Maryland on the boards, which isn't surprising because Maryland we know doesn't play with. You know, and Alabama rebounds game. really well. But but Alabama, they looked, you know, they looked okay in the first game, right? Well, they looked like they were mad that they only looked okay in that first game, and, and they're like, no, 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 we got to come out game, and, and they, <laughs> they all they you know, they looked they looked like a one seed in that game. So yeah. They play so fast, man. They the, just they, their transition. That's 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 the the yeah. name of their game. They pull down that defensive down. rebound and they just go. Like they just go. I don't have the exact stats, but they have like some of the the like most efficient. I think yeah, in, in the, the country. Yeah. Uh, and then the last game of the round of thirty-two, USC Kansas. 
Like one of the worst. Can I talk about this? Because I watched this game beginning to end. This was like the worst beating in in Kansas tournament history or something like that. I mean, they lost by. Well, it was the highest field goal percentage that Kansas has ever allowed in a game. Ever. That's Listen, Kansas has been around a while. (laughs) And they've been pretty good. Like they played some pretty good teams. They allowed. They allowed USC to shoot 61% from deep and 57% from the field. The crazy thing is, if USC had hit their free throws, they might have won by 40, right? Like, Yeah, that's crazy. It's just, they forced Kansas. Kansas didn't even have that many turnovers, but they forced Kansas to commit 17 fouls, right? But, again, USC defensively is on such a different level. Mm-hmm. It's not even, Evan Mobley had three blocks. Like, yeah, cool, okay. And his brother had another one. Mm-hmm. The amount of shots around the rim that they don't block, but they just alter is just unbelievable and yeah okay they shot the lights out kansas we knew is kind of a little bit suspect defensively sometimes but isaiah mobley shooting 80 percent from deep i mean evan mobley getting whatever he wants down low this usc team yeah they're a six seed but they ain't no six but they seed. play the thing is they their offense doesn't wow you but when they play the defense that they play and today they shot well i mean that game they shot well they shot unbelievable. but i'm just saying well. You take your chances because you you take your chances that they're probably not going to shoot that yeah. well on a consistent basis. Yeah. But still, but their defense is so good that even if they have an okay shooting night, like they're you know they're gonna they're gonna beat you. Yeah, right? I mean, again, they, they shot, shot eleven for eighteen from deep. You I take played, away five of those three pointers, they shot, and they're still winning by fifteen. Yeah, they shot higher from three than they did from the free throw line. I'm saying, but even <laughs> even if you take away five of those threes, let's say they shoot six for eighteen, yeah, they're still winning by fifteen. They're yeah. still winning by fifteen. Like yeah. that's unbelievable. Exactly. That, I mean, and they they beat them on the. They boards. held Kansas to fifty-one points, man. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That's only four points more than and, Abilene and the thing Christian is the Mo- scored. The Mobley brothers just. I mean, yeah. Evan Mobley didn't. Evan Mobley's their best player, and he was he had ten points, right? He was deferring, right, yeah. to the high hand. He had ten, thirteen, and five, and his brother had was four or five from the three point range, right? This, the 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 tandem four four out of five starters in double figures, and another dude off the bench in double figures. It's crazy. And again, we talk about depth. They played one, two, three, four, five, six guys off the bench. Significant mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. Well, and it's like, it's so clear that depth really, really matters in the tournament. I mean, it just does. We see some of these have, small teams, they well, pull the upset in the first round, and they just can't compete well, in the second game. they get gassed. And yeah. and it, guess what? If you have a six-guy rotation, and one or two of those guys aren't on that night, you're screwed. Yeah, You GGs. are screwed. And that's why it's it's not sustainable for teams to have, like, a six or a seven-man. Like, Ohio, that's why I had them going to Sweet 16, because at some point, no matter how good they're playing, if they're shocking the world, right, and they're just having great performances, it's not going to last because at some point some team's no. just going to have more guys, more, more more bodies to throw at you, air in the tire, and, and yeah. they're just going to be able to outlast you. And that that's the thing. It's like I think that's where in this round that's where we see a big separation. Yeah. So uh, we got some great we'll use that as a though. nice little transition for these games uh, starting Saturday. Uh, we got four games on Saturday. Um, first on the first on the list, Oregon State Loyola. Now, I listen after this weekend, Loyola. I think I ain't betting be against favorite. them anymore. I, I mean, yeah. I I don't think you can as good as good as Oregon State has. Right? They've proven that like oh, you can't bet against them either. But I just think Loyola looks cleaner, more consistent. Oregon State they won that game against Oklahoma State, but 
I also think the conditions Oklahoma State of played that, awfully and in that yeah, game. Yeah, I think I think Oregon State played a decent game, and they got helped by or- Oklahoma State playing terribly. And I just think Loyola Chicago's got too much momentum right now. And also, I think that their big right Krovic is, is so better good. is better than any player in Oregon. Than State. Oregon State's big man. I watch Oregon State's big man. He looks. He's big, obviously, but he he just doesn't look as 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 mobile, shockingly enough, as Crutwig. Um, yeah, Crutwig is really good, and they uh, got. Some, I mean, Loyola's got some guards who can they can Williamson, play defense and they yeah, can Williamson stroke it. Is great. They're great. Uh, Nova Baylor. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. I I mean, I think you'd be foolish to not bet against Baylor after watching them play Wisconsin because I think Wisconsin's better than Nova at, after what the, I saw from them in the tournament. And, and I wouldn't. I don't know if I would go that far. I just I, think again, just it's a guard dominant matchup. Yeah, it's a guard dominant matchup, and Nova doesn't and have I a think big that, that can scare Baylor's bigs, right? Yeah, and Baylor's guards again. We've seen them just put the clamps they on just, people. And the thing is, Baylor's another one of these teams that just they have such a deep roster of guys that can just destroy you, do stuff. Yeah, that I again, I just I I, I got Baylor. Uh, or Oral Roberts, Arkansas. Listen. I'm gonna pick Oral Bob, dude. I think I think I want to as well, because they have the momentum, and they're gonna they're gonna hit their shots eventually. And the thing is, like, right, even if they shoot all right from deep, we saw Arkansas had a close game against a team that didn't even shoot that, but did did not shoot well, and and Arkansas shot decent, and it was a close game. And I think Oral Roberts, regardless, they got of who two wins, guys who can really score the basketball. I man. think I think regardless of who wins, I think it is a close game. I do. Because Arkansas's defense is quite good, right? Yeah. But, again, you can't say Oral Roberts is going to get blown out or they're just going to straight up lose after they're watching the first two rounds. I don't think that's fair uh, to are you pick? Are you going to pick it or are you going to pick listen, Arkansas? Listen, I'll pick Arkansas just to be con- contrarian. Contrarian. But but I do see this being a close that's game positive, yet again. Yeah. I do see, see this being a close game again. Yeah. And at this point, in the se- there's always, at this point in the tournament, there's always, you know, Cinderella teams that are like, at this point, there's so much momentum that like it's inevitable that they will win yet again just because they have they have again house money nothing to lose and eventually they're gonna hit their threes man if they shoot forty percent from three like they are horrifying to play against that'll be a nice, um, that'll be an interesting game just you know just because the proximity of the sure, two schools yeah. Oral Roberts in uh in Tulsa and, and Arkansas in Fayetteville very close by um and then the last game on Saturday Syracuse Houston I got Syracuse I I. Listen, I know it seems like we're. Both. I'm gonna do a contrarian, and I'm gonna pick Houston. I know it um, seems like we're both going straight for the, uh, the the high seed underdogs right now, but I just after watching Syracuse, they're locked in from three. Houston has not looked that. Listen, they they obviously blew out the first round opponent by thirty. Then they played Rutgers, who's still a double digit seed, but definitely better on on paper than the first opponent. And and Rutgers threw it, but the, again, Houston just has yet to prove to me that they are. I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick I'm shaky. gonna pick it to be contrarian. I'm gonna pick it to I'm gonna pick Houston Fair to be enough. contrarian. I just think Syracuse. I think it's close. Once you get one player who goes hot, gets hot in consecutive games yeah. in a tournament, right? I mean, there's just like it's kind of a given that they they have a. I just think that you look. I just think that Houston has other. Yeah, I know, but Houston also has some guys who can shoot the rock, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll go Syracuse just because they always seem. To it would be it would and it would be fun. Like it would be fun. Yeah, into deep tournament runs. Uh, Sunday. I don't feel confident last, about that pick, though, for me. Last four like, games. Creighton-Gonzaga. Yeah. Gonzaga. I feel very I confident about picking Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga's <laughs> no. just, they got too many guys. Well, and they're playing just at their level. I think, like, I, I think, I think if you take it straight up on a position-by-position position basis, I think 
Gonzaga has a player at every position better than Creighton. Like, I think Jalen Suggs is better than Zagorowski, and Zagorowski is their best player. Right. Yeah, and Drew Timmy is and better than Timmy, whoever Esper, that they're going to put. Yeah, Gonzaga is just too stacked on defense, offense. It doesn't matter. Florida State, Michigan. Now, this will be a very. This good is game. such like opposite, opposite like mentalities, right? You got just the younger team with a bunch of long athletic freaks on it versus like the old experienced more offensive driven shooters like such a clash of styles i just think i i really don't know who to pick here this is like a coin toss because florida state i think is not as good offensively as michigan no not even close but i do think florida state's better defensively than michigan by a lot now i also think michigan they both dropped games that they shouldn't have this season but I think Florida State's done it to worse. They, they've dropped eight te- games and done to it worse more. teams. Than and they've Michigan done it more. I, I'm picking now, Michigan Now, it'll be tough because Michigan, obviously, I've talked about it enough. Isaiah Livers isn't playing. That's one really big key. And they played well without him in the first two two rounds. Sean D. Brown. But this will be like the first legitimate nice. game where like his presence will not will 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 be will be greatly missed. I think the key will be if Dick if Dickinson can get what he wants down low and, and kind of force the, the defense to get sucked in. I think he is he is the better big than, than Florida's big. But I'm just... Yeah. This is a tough one. Yeah. It's so hard to pick against Florida State in the tournament, man. Like, I'm going to yeah. pick Michigan and watch. I'm going to get burnt. I'm going to get burnt by true, Florida listen, State again. As much as I hate rooting for Michigan, I we got to stay I, true to the Big Ten. I got I to gotta have some faith in the Big Ten. So Especially just, considering what's happened so far. Yeah. Uh, UCLA, Alabama. This will be interesting because if UCLA can sort of slow down Alabama, right, and contain a little bit their transition, then this game could could be close. If Alabama really, I'm predicting it the other way. I think Alabama down low is too dominant. I I I think Alabama wins, but I'm just saying the the way UCLA wins this game is that they can slow down the transition. Yeah, play slow. But if Alabama is hitting threes, it doesn't matter how good they are at stopping the transition because UCLA is not as good a shooting team as Alabama. I think Alabama wins this game, but I want it to be close just because. Yeah. Just because you know we're all about close games, Uh, and then last game of these we got the Pac-12 showdown. Yeah. Oregon Uh, USC. I'm not done picking USC. I, I said already, I've I said for Oregon's weeks, like USC is... I also think Oregon's performance the other day was... Is not repeatable. Was, well, and I also think that was a little bit of a fluke. Right? Yeah. Like, that's an outlier. I think USC, I think as much as I, I love my Ducks, and I picked them against Iowa, and they, they did well by me, uh, yeah, no. Because we mentioned too, USC. right? If, even if USC doesn't shoot as well from three, they still win that game by 15, right? Oregon, yeah. if they if they miss a couple threes, they, they lose that game. Yeah. Right, like they still I play think no defense. The and thing USA is, play, USC plays great defense. I just think defense wins in the in the end. Well, and and I just think that these teams, there's no tricks here. These teams play each other so many times, right? I think just straight up, we said like position by position, who do you feel more confident? I feel confident USC. I know they've dropped games this season, but I've said since even since our ranking podcasts a month and a half ago. I think USC is consistently underlooked. I mean, the Pac-12 in general has been overlooked, but I think USC in particular has been underlooked. They're just so long, so good defensively. And if and if Isaiah Mobley can even hit half of the threes he was hitting against Kansas, I mean, those two guys, Isaiah and Evan Mobley, are just too much for Oregon down low. All right. That's going to be a wild matchup, though, if we get USC-Gonzaga. Oh, man. That will, I mean, I still think that's gonna Gonzaga be, wins that game. I, I mean, but yeah, but that's going to be like... such like a style clash. Yeah, I like the absolutely. style clash matchups. Well, because those are the hardest to predict, right? Because it's literally yeah. like, okay, well, which one will 
prevail. Yeah, right? it's like, do you like defense or offense? Like, do you like red or blue? Right? Like, <laughs> um, definitely the Sweet 16 that we had uh, coming into the tournament. Definitely. Who's your player of the tournament so far? Ooh, that's actually a good question. I feel like you gotta give it. <sighs> you gotta give it to Buddy Beheim, dude. It's either Buddy Beheim. If you want to give it to one of the many upsets, I feel like you gotta give it. To, He's carrying, to, man. Uh, yeah, I feel like if, but because there's so many upsets, you could give it to one of the Cinderella teams, right? If you want to go, if you want to, I, I wouldn't even go Amos. I would go O'Banner. He's outscored in both games, and he's also shot better. I mean, I'd go O'Banner. What about a uh, big Cam Crutwig, dude? Ah, uh, he's, he's, he's like he's like he's like third or fourth on that list. He would yeah. be like my third or fourth option if he has a, if he has a big game. Yes, he's he's firmly in that conversation. But I, okay. right now, I'd probably go Bayheim. It's probably Bayheim. Who's just for some little like grab bag questions? Who's the best NBA prospect left in the tournament? Okay, so I gotta think about who's out. So this this de- out. Yeah, this depends. Kind of like what positions do you like, right? Oh, this is we got Suggs, we got Evan Mobley. It's probably Mobley. It's probably Mobley. Yeah, I I guess I could agree with that. I think it probably goes mo better than any of the guards on Baylor, probably yeah. right. Because yeah. the thing is, Baylor's and and I'm just going based on the draft perspective. Baylor's guards are older, right? So yeah. That always result. I mean, people like always fall when they're older, even if they're really good. Like Macy Oteague. Probably like Mobley Suggs. Macy Oteague's older than yeah. me. That's wild. Is he a redshirt senior, or he just transferred a lot? No, I think he's a redshirt. Or he must be, or he's probably just a senior. That maybe he did a, a prep. Birthday, he did a he, regardless. He did like a prep school year. Anyway, I, 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 I yeah. it's probably Mobley. I mean, if yeah. I had to, if I had to go with my gut, that would be who I'm yeah. who I'm choosing. Anyway, most likely double digit seed to make the final four. Well, it's probably Syracuse. No, oh, final four. I still think Syracuse. It's Syracuse. No, I think it's I still Syracuse. think it's Syracuse. No, it's got to be either other, Syracuse the, or Oregon State. You look it's, at the it's other, one of those other two. double digits. It's Oregon State, Oral Roberts, or UCLA. Well, Syracuse. I just think or- Oral Roberts' path is Well, they have to play awful. Baylor even if they beat yeah. Yeah. Uh, Arkansas. There's no double-digit seed in the West. And then UCLA, you got to go through Bama, Michigan. and then either Michigan or Florida State, like, no way. Whereas Syracuse no way. has to beat Houston, and then the winner of Loyola Chicago and yeah. uh, Oregon State. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's definitely Syracuse. You know what's crazy? In all the nuttiness, we still have three number one seeds alive. Yeah, which is wild to me. Wild. And and we still have two number two seeds alive. It's No, the uh, this is the highest average, uh, average seed in a Sweet 16 ever. It's like five point something. Um, whereas last tournament, it was the lowest average seed at like a three, With the, which is crazy because we didn't even have that many double digit upsets. We just had a lot of like eights and nines. Mm. And also cause like, wasn't Florida state like a seven and they made it to like national title game or some, or the final four or something crazy like that. Something like that. Anyway. Uh, I think that just, just about wraps it up for, for sweet. Yes, sir. We'll see you after this weekend for the elite eight. Yeah. All right. That's the show. See ya.